Lions, Bengals, and Bears, none of my guys scared. Chase rumbling, any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry, I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money, I pray he leave with his health. Yeah, uh, the physical and mental. The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions. This rap shit, I lick the niggas, I ain't about to knock it. This whole summer I was buying all the winter product. And I tried being peaceful, but my peace was getting bothered. So no doubt we got them Eagles, we go Carson Wentz, Stefani. Okay, okay, okay. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 166 of Electrified. I am your host, Eric Lyons. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's Wednesday, right? And the trade deadline is coming. And there's one person on my mind right now who I think needs to get the hell out of their situation. And that's Odell Beckham. So, we're going to talk about him, uh, Kyrie. And what's going on with him in the Nets right now? Um, the Washington football team investigation. Something came out very interesting this morning about a certain uh, NFL insider that had a lot to say this offseason about my quarterback. So, you know, we're going to put the Schefter in the air. We're going to put that. We're going to put Adam in the air. If he wasn't a pack before, he a pack today. Yeah. And it is Wednesday. We'll talk a little fantasy football. It's waiver wire rent. Wow. It's beat my ass. I knew it would. Let's try it again. It's waiver wire Wednesday. There we go. There we go. See, Okay. Yeah, so we're going to talk a couple things today. Uh, it's Wednesday. It's hump day. Halfway through the week. Okay. Tomorrow's Thursday. We've got Thursday night football tomorrow. Okay. Friday will be here before we know it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so let's let's jump into things. So the trade deadline is Tuesday, November second, at four p.m. And one person that absolutely needs, and I say needs, I mean needs to be moved is Odell Beckham, bro. I mean, fam, it it doesn't make any sense. For a guy of his caliber to be used the way he's been used, and that's barely used at all. In three games this year, he has nine receptions and 124 yards. No touchdowns. There are receivers that just did that Sunday. Like, seriously, there are receivers in the NFL who just did that on Sunday. Three games worth of work for Odell is one game worth of work for damn near half the league. Like, that's a problem. That's an issue. That is a big issue for me. And it should be a big issue for him. It has to be. It has to be. There's no way he's okay with that. And, you know, I'm tired of Baker and the Browns pretending everything is okay. When it's entirety, it's it's not, it's not. Things are not okay over there. I don't know if Baker doesn't like Odell. I don't know if they just don't get along on the field. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, fam, <laughs> it's a real thing. And I thought when Landry went down, Odell's stock would rise, but it just plummeted even more. It just got worse for him. This is one of the, this guy was one of the best receivers in the league. I say was because, you know, he's lost that status a little bit with injuries and being a Brown, damn it. Like, it's sad to see the downfall because him being healthy right now and this team is not bad. They have a good team. You would think he would be a big part of the offense. But it hasn't that hasn't been the case so far this season through five weeks of football. So, you know, Coach Kevin Stefanski had his media media availability and they asked him about the Odell situation, what's going on with him in the offense, and this is what he had to say. So he was asked about Odell not receiving a target during the final drive of their loss to LA. He says Yeah, 
there was a couple uh there was a couple of opportunities but the coverage that took the what the coverage uh took the quarterback elsewhere that's really the simple answer to it we just have to make sure that we find ways to get him the ball and all our guys the ball fam i'm not trying to hear that i'm not trying to hear that that's a bogus answer i'm not buying it just like madden i'm not buying it just like 2k i'm not buying it i'm not it's not appealing to me this that statement didn't give me what i needed to give you didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. You didn't tell me what Odell wanted to hear. I'm not buying it. Fat. Baker threw the ball. He threw for 305 yards on Sunday. And Odell accounted for 20 of them. 20 yards. Two receptions. 20 yards. They scored 42 points. 305 yards worth of passing from Baker. And Odell only accounted for 20 yards of it. That's that's not a problem to anybody. So let's talk about that final drive, by the way. Because watching it in real time, it was bad. It was bad. It was it was terrible in real time. It was awful in real time. It was a mess in real time. But going back and watching it, oh, it was even worse. It was even worse. It was woof. Woof. My God. So, for starters, the Browns got the ball down five on their own 25 with a minute 31 seconds left. More than enough time. They didn't get it back with 27 seconds. They didn't get it back with 30 seconds. They got it back with a minute 31 seconds. Granted, they didn't have any timeouts. But we've seen a couple movies where the quarterback didn't have a timeout and he didn't have a minute 31 seconds, but his team still won the game. Am I right? I'm just saying. So here's how that drive went. First play, six-yard throw to T. Higgins. He stayed inbound. Second play, a four-yard jump throw to Kareem Hunt. Clock is still running. I don't know if this was on purpose, but none of the throws he made were towards the sideline. Excuse me. There was nothing. No play was called to stop the clock. The clock was running for the majority of this drive. So I can't put that all on Baker. That's just that's play calling. Very strange that literally everything was short. In the middle of the field, the clock is going to keep running. You don't have any timeouts. So they, I don't know if they didn't know that or not, but this is situational football. It's two-minute drill. You practice this. It don't look like it. Another four-yard throw to Kareem Hunt. 48 seconds in running. The clock is running. They got saved by an injury timeout from L.A. Like, imagine if that doesn't happen. This this probably ends even worse than it did. So they come back, 10-yard pass to Ninjoku, who led the team in receptions and uh, yards in that game. Once again, inbounds again. Why is nobody getting out of bounds? Why are there no out routes being run? I have no clue. You spike it with 26 seconds. Now, I'm no mathematician here. I'm no rocket scientist. But it looks like to me you wasted a minute, five seconds on nothing. Like you barely got down the field. I think by the time all of this was happening, they had just got to midfield from the 25. I hate to compare. But I watched Aaron Rodgers get down the field in two plays. And he didn't have a minute, 31 seconds. I just watched... Lamar, come on, fam. Y'all saw what he did. Y'all saw what he did to set up Justin Tucker for the game winner. He didn't have no time. He converted a fourth in forever with his arm, by the way. I'm just saying. So, Spike it with 26 seconds left. Incomplete. So, he throws another incomplete pass. He throws an incomplete pass so that the clock doesn't keep running. But it was a... 
incomplete to a double covered. Double covered Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's double covered. You would rather throw to a double covered DPJ than look Odell's way. Come on, fam. 20 seconds on the clock. Another overthrow. Incomplete to T. Higgins. So this is where, you know, things just... I, I, I don't, I've never seen a, a Hail Mary this bad before. Like, usually in a Hail Mary... Somebody would attempt to jump forward, right? You would you would think that. But this might be top five worst Hail Mary attempts I've ever seen. He throws it to three players in the direction of three players not named Odell Beckham. And I think two of them fell down. Two or, yeah, two of them fell down. And the other receiver was looking like his back was turned towards everything. He wasn't even looking for the ball. I don't know where he was looking. He was looking at the stands. I don't know. What the hell? That was all about. But that was unexcusable, man. Minute 31 seconds is a death sentence for defenses. Defenses playing Rodgers, Brady, and Lamar. Baker and the Browns, they looked awful. It looked awful. That's that's not that's not uh going to get you to the playoffs. That's not going to win you the division. That's not going to win your playoff game. Playing like that, no way. They got to fix that now. They their only concern this week at practice should be the two minute drill because that was that was bad. That was bad. That was bad. A professional football team can't get out of bounds on a two minute drill. No. Nah. That's not okay. That's not okay. And back to Stefanski basically saying uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Fan Brady just threw for 411 yards on this, this past Sunday. 411. AB has seven catches, 124 yards, and two touchdowns. It's more than Odell. Mike Evans had six catches, 113 yards, two touchdowns. It's more than what Odell had. Chris Godwin. Seven catches, 70 yards. Who who did he have more than? I'll let you guys think about it. Oh, Odell Beckham Jr. So I'm not trying to hear the, uh, you know, we got too many miles to feed. Mm-mm, no, no, because Tom Brady has found, found a way to feed everybody. Everybody eating in Tampa Bay. Everybody get a plate. You get a plate. You get a plate. You get a plate. Everybody eating in Tampa Bay, but my dog Odell in Cleveland. Stuff. Trade that man. Trade that man. Trade him. I, I think it's time for the Browns to cut their losses and admit that the Odell Beckham experience didn't work out in their favor. Um, this was something put together that we thought was going to be crazy. I mean, you get him and Landry back together. And it just didn't work out. And that's okay. It's okay to admit that. But you can't just keep holding that man hostage again for another season. And this is not the first time that trade rumors have come up um, surrounding Odell and the Browns. I mean, we talked about this last year before he got hurt. So we're here again a couple weeks from the trade deadline. What are they going to do? And what team has the money to do it? Because I know. You already know where I want him to go. But I don't, we, we don't have the, I don't think we have the money. But what team could use Odell right now? Let's, let's, yeah, let's take money out of it. That's, that's all, all cap space aside, because honestly, the cap is not real. The cap is cap. Um, you know, they're not, they would not trade them to the Ravens. That's, that wouldn't happen. That's, why would you do that? So he's going to be outside of the division. How he might be outside of the AFC. They might send him back to the NFC. And if they send him back to the NFC, it's a couple list of teams that I can think of. Packers, obviously. They need another receiver. Obviously. Looking at the Packers. Um, who else could use a receiver? Um, Packers. 
don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just me um being a Packers fan. I'm just I'm just not thinking about the rest of the teams. <laughs> just come to Green Bay. How about that? Just come to <laughs> No, nah, I'm just playing, man. I'm just no, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not joking at all. It's not a joke. Um, the Washington football team, you know, somebody to go along with Terry. Better than what they have there. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? The Saints until I don't know what the hell was going on with Michael Thomas, so I don't know. Now, AFC, where could he go? Where could they send him? Uh, who, who needs a receiver in the AFC? Broncos, maybe? Um, Not the Titans. Not the Titans, because they, they still figuring out how to get Julio involved in the offense, and who knows how long it would take to get Odell involved. But, damn, bro, the, the AFC South is really bad this year. Did y'all know that? Outside of the Titans? Yeah, they're going to run away with that division. They suck. Jesus. But, yeah, man, free Odell. I don't know where they should send him. I don't know who has the money to take him. But free Odell. Please. Free him. Free that man. He don't deserve that. He don't deserve that, man. He does not deserve that. Um, let's see, let's see. Where to next? Where to next? All right, so let's talk about Kyrie. As I got into a little uh just a little disagreement in a group message yesterday with a couple uh Kyrie stands and you know, for a crowd of people who claim to do their own research, boy my buddies don't seem like they're actually doing their own research because they didn't know a damn thing I was telling them. And all it took was a quick Google search to confirm everything I was saying. I I don't mean to throw anybody under the bus, but sometimes the bus needs something to ride over. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So let's be clear on a couple of things here. I feel like a lot of people have been missing this since september i feel like a lot of people have not took the took the time to look into the things that they are spewing about like the nba does not have a vaccine mandate once again the nba does not have a vaccine mandate and for the third time the nba yeah it does not have a vaccine mandate i just feel like People don't know that or, or or people are choosing not to know that, but it, they don't have a mandate. So let's. OK, number two, laws in the cities of New York and San Francisco have vaccine mandates, mandates affecting the Nets, the Knicks and the Warriors. These are local laws. Not national laws. I had to break that down. Yes, cities and states can make their own laws and their own, uh, you know, restrictions separate from the rest of the country. Prime example. Hi, I live in Maryland. I live in Baltimore County, but I work in Baltimore City. So when I'm in Baltimore City, when I'm at work, I have to wear my mask inside. Right, but when I go to the when I go to Planet Fitness in Baltimore City, I have to still wear a mask when I work out. When I go to my gym, I don't have to wear a mask. These are because there are different restrictions between the city and the county right now. So in the city of New York, there's a vaccine mandate affecting MSG and the Barclays Center. Fans and employees must show full vaccination cards to get in to be there. The city of New York. Because apparently there are some people who don't know that the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, and the New York Giants don't play in the city 
of New York. The Giants and the Jets play in Jersey. The Bills, they play in Buffalo. Upstate. This doesn't apply to them. But if they did play in New York, it would be the same thing. So, Cole Beasley would be in trouble. But, I'm, I, I just have to break this down for you. So, to be exempt from the vaccine, you know, there must be a medical or religious approval, and that has not happened just yet. <sighs> just just a couple of things that, you know, you know, jot it down, you know, put it in your phone. Just just a couple things to remember when when we when you get into a conversation about this. You know, you, you want to be informed, right? You don't want to look like a dumbass like Kyrie. You don't want to. You don't want to look uninformed when defending your guy. So you you have to know the key points. Now the Nets decided to bar Kyrie from practice and games until he's vaccinated. The Nets made this choice. The Nets made this choice. The Nets made this choice, not the NBA. I feel like when when something happens, like you know when, when stuff goes on, people look to blame the shield. And this is not the Shields' decision. This is the team's decision. So it's not the NBA Shield. It's the Nets' Shield. You you have to look at the team, and they're uh, the people running the organization. Not Adam Silver. Adam Silver didn't ban Kyrie from practicing. The Nets did. If you're going to be frustrated with somebody, or if you're going to you know. Uh, blame somebody for Kyrie not playing. You 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 have to at least try to blame the right people. You want to start off with the laws, the restrictions enforced by the city of New York, not the NBA. Okay, Kyrie can't practice now until he's fully vaccinated. You don't want to blame Adam Silver. You want to blame the Nets. I'm just just telling you where to direct your frustration because a lot of people don't know where to direct their frustration and i'm here to help you with that you're welcome so with them making that decision you have to think that a trade is on their minds at least in the slightest bit because what am i going to do with a player who has already decided i'm not getting vaccinated and as of right now it doesn't look like that's going to change his mind is not going to change so that means he cannot practice or play with us. What am I going to do with him? What can I do with him? What What am I going to do with you on my team? Because right now, all you are is a... You, you're, you're, you're counterproductive to what we're trying to do here. Here, I'm thinking from the, the Nets perspective. Okay, we're trying to win a championship here. We bring you in along, you know, you come along with KD. We, we get hardened for you guys. We're trying to win a championship here. You don't want to play. Well, you want to play, but you don't want to get vaccinated to play. So unless the team moves back to New Jersey, we won't be seeing Kyrie anytime soon. So what do you do with Kyrie? You could trade him. But then you would have to deal with the backlash of trading him. And then you would have to find a team who would take him. I personally think that any team outside of the city of New York and San Francisco would surely take that headache. Because all you would have to do is send him to the West. You send him to the West. Okay, he misses the Warriors game. A couple times she played the Warriors, right? Big games. Just better hope and pray you don't run into the Warriors in the playoffs, right? You know? <laughs> like, fam, imagine that. Imagine you get Kyrie. Let's say Kyrie gets traded to, I don't know. Uh, somebody give me a team in the West. Uh, who needs a point guard in the West? I don't know. For, um, I say he gets traded to the Jazz. I don't know. I don't know why the Jazz is on my mind, but the Jazz. And the Jazz make it to the Western Conference Finals. And guess who the Jazz have to play? The Warriors. Where the Warriors play, 
San Francisco. Now, by the time the playoffs come and finals and everything, maybe there are new restrictions. But as of right now, there are none. So he would miss most of that series. That's that's not okay. It's not okay. You keep him in New York. You make it to the playoffs. He can't play in a home playoff games. You play on. He can only play in a road playoff games. So, like, not only is he missing half the regular season, but he's not going to be fully available in the playoffs. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. But I think the moral of the story here is whether he's on your team or not, whether he's on the Nets or not, whether he plays or not, the NBA's 75th season will go on without a hitch, with or without him. He's not stopping the show. There aren't many players rallying around him right now. I don't see any protests for Kyrie. The preseason is going on. I haven't seen anybody taking a knee for Kyrie or or uh, raising a shoulder for Kyrie. I haven't seen any, any of that. Guys are just hooping. So if the preseason is going off without a hitch, without a thought of him, the hell do you guys think the regular season is going to go? I'm just saying. So in terms of business and basketball, Kyrie is being selfish to the organization and his teammates. You know, this may be a personal choice for him, but it has a domino effect on the team, just like everyone else in the world. You know, think about the choices you've made over the last year and a half, right? You social distanced, you stayed at home, you wore a mask, you got vaccinated, some of us. You know, this these are things that we're still doing. Now, outside, it's open back up. And I, I've been outside. I'm not going to sit here and act like I haven't. But I'm vaccinated fully. I wear my mask. I sold, I've, I've done all the right things. I've followed all the right things. And by the grace of God, COVID does not affect me or my family. Now, last year, lockdown, early pandemic, before there was a vaccine, no, Eric was not outside. I only went to work and home. Like, I didn't have a choice. But a lot of people did not do that. A lot of y'all was in the hookah lounges risking it all. Risking it all for hookah is nuts. That's that's insane. Insanity to me. So everyone didn't do this. So we are in October of 2021 going into year two of this pandemic. So I say Kyrie is selfish. And a lot of people are saying Kyrie is selfish because this is not a decision that is personal. This is a, a, a decision that it, it extends beyond you. So it's not personal. And when you when you call Kyrie out, when people call Kyrie out on the way he's behaving or the, the decision he's making right now and the way it looks and the, the optics of it and the way it's affecting the team, Kyrie stands, I feel like they have this uh, copy-pasted every time somebody says something about Kyrie, about all of his charitable donations and the things he's done for the communities and all the good things he's done. And I'm just, I just want to say this. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Because look, two things can be true. Can Kyrie be a charitable guy? Absolutely. For sure. But is Kyrie the brightest bulb in the hardware store? Absolutely not. I've said this before. Kyrie comes off as a guy who thinks he's super smart. Like somebody at, at uh, where, where you go? Duke? Some, is that where he went? I don't remember. Somebody told him along the way, yo, Kyrie, you are a genius. And he took that and ran with it. But he's, he's all right. I'm sorry. Like, I hate to question anybody's intelligence. And, then, and this is really like, not just because he's all anti-vax. And look. Somebody said he posted Dr. What's that man's name? Dr. Sibby, Sibby, Sibby on his uh, Instagram. Look, man, Kyrie's long gone. He's not getting that shot. Okay. All right. He, 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 he's going to end up getting shots up in uh, the big three soon because he's going to retire. Like, I don't know what to do with that, man. bro. Go, if you don't get the shot, you don't play. You know, maybe had you been in Boston, it would have been different. But you play for the Nets. You know, 
you play for the Nets. Like I said, the season will go on without him. So this is not um, something that's going to stop the season. Like guys are not about to come out like, yo, we not playing until Kyrie can play. Because I promise people don't care. People don't care about the Nets. They want the Nets to fold. They want to beat the Nets. You think Giannis care about this? You think Jimmy care about this? Think anybody you think Trey care about this? No. They don't. They don't because they want to kill the Nets. But right now, Kyrie is killing the Nets. And ultimately, the Nets are shooting themselves. Oh, well. Oh, well. So moving on, let's get into the Washington football team situation because something came out this morning that I, I want to talk about, but we're going to get there. We'll save that one for the end. So if you thought that this would end with the resignation of John Gruden and that would be it, you know, all right, we got Gruden out of here, wash our hands of him. You know, we got something big out of the investigation. It's over. You were highly mistaken. This is only the beginning. You know, if they open Pandora's box, which I think they will, this could get very, very ugly. 650,000 emails over the span of eight years. That just sounds crazy. And who is going through these emails? And what is the bag like? If y'all talking 1,000 an hour, sign me up. I'll read anything. I'll read all the spam emails. I'll read the emails about their their free trials ending. I'll read the emails about their new subscriptions. I'll read the emails that we really don't want to see. And then I'll read the emails about the juicy stuff that they've been talking about. Okay, sign me up. No, for real, bro. Who is who? Who did? the NFL appoint to do this because this is wild. 650,000 emails. How? 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 So, let's backtrack because this the, what has been going on with the Washington football team, I talked about this when it came out a couple years ago on the podcast. So, you know, this this situation may be new to some of you, but if you have been listening to the show, you know, you, you know we've talked about this before or you've seen it in the media somewhere else, but it wasn't, I don't think it was as big as it should have been. Um, But I discussed it when it was happening. So let's, let's you know, a couple things to talk about from it, you know, a couple things to take away from it. So former cheerleaders and women who worked with for the Washington football team detailed a toxic, sexually harassment-filled workplace. Uh, these allegations led to an investigation that drove men involved to basically flee from their jobs. So like a couple guys that were named basically just retired, stepped down, and got the hell away from it, right? You know, like the cowards they are. Because that's, they're cowards, right? And, you know, basically... Got the hell out of there. So the Dan Snyder era was nasty. Uh, a lot of allegations against him. Uh, guys that worked for him. And, you know, there were detailed, detailed things. Like uh, one of the cheerleaders had mentioned something Dan Snyder did at a Christmas party in 2004. Clearly, that was a memory that stuck with her. Something that people don't give me, my family doesn't give me credit for, is my extensive memory. My memory goes way back. I mean, I remember things from when I was three years old, and this is not something I'm making up. You know, some parents will be like, oh, no, you you think you know because I told you that story. No, 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 no. These, you didn't tell me this. I know this because I was there. So, like, when I see people on Twitter like, oh, did anybody else wake up in a... a you know, come their consciousness start when they were five years old and, and you were just in Kmart? No, uh, I'm not. No, no, I was here already. My memory is freaking great. 
So I don't think this woman is lying. I don't think any one of these women are lying. Hence why it went the way it went with the rest of the investigation. So the Dan Snyder era came to an end, but the NFL did not suspend him, but his wife basically took over and is like, I think that Dan Snyder is at the crib right now because his wife took over for the day-to-day operations. I think Dan Snyder has a wooden uh, a wooden uh, handle with a string on it, and his wife is on there, and he's just dancing her around like a little puppy. That's how I feel is, you know, what's happening here. You know, nobody got suspended, nobody got fired, but the team paid out $10 million, and apparently this $10 million was going to a bunch of BS. I'm sorry. I'm not buying where this money went. No suspensions, firings, just a check. So that's this that's important. No resignations, no firings, no suspensions from the Washington football team. Just a check. There's a difference between the check writers and the check cashers. For this reason, Attorneys of 40 former Washington employees don't understand how the only thing to come out of this is Gruden being uh, removed when the investigation wasn't even for him. This operation had nothing to do with John Gruden. This was all about the Washington football team's nastiness, and he just got caught in the crosshairs with his pants down. Imagine that. Imagine doing this dirt, thinking, I'm good. Ain't nobody ever coming and looking for me. I haven't done anything wrong in, in, in the public's eye. I've been on ESPN. People love me. I'm a cool guy. I've been on Hard Knocks. I'm a cool guy. But then you got to be like, well, damn, I do have some friends over at the nasty-ass Washington football team. Nah, they're not going to. And then they did. They did. They got you. They got you. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. So, like, I could only imagine how that went. Like, imagine you in the office. You know, you at the uh, the email farm because there has to be a specific place for where these people are. And they're probably not eating or sleeping. It's probably just bottles of Adderall and Red Bull all over the floor and just laptop light. They probably don't even have any natural light, any daylight. No, no lights on the ceiling. Just, just MacBook lights. Just reading these emails off. Oof, I could, I could see it now. Like, imagine you looking for, you know, you on your seventh hour, your uh, twelve hour shift. You dozing, you dozing, and then you just see John Gruden at John Gruden six six five six 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 uh at Chucky. No, no, this is just, this is uh Gruden's email. It's uh seed of Chucky six 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 at gmail dot com. Now he don't even look like a Gmail. He look like he probably still got hotmail at hotmail dot com. And you and then your eyes perk up. You put your glasses back on. You look at the screen. You say, "What the hell is John Gruden in here talking about?" Then you call your other guys down, your other employees, your coworkers down. Hey, 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 get down here. You know they all added up. They get down there and they're like, "What the hell is this?" Then you tell them, scroll to page 2,405,666463. You tell them exactly which page to scroll to. They scroll to the page. And then it's just endless, endless, endless madness from John Gruden and Bruce Allen. And you send this to the NFL. He's done. That's how I think of it. So there's clearly more going on behind the scenes. Gruden was at the bottom of the totem pole and had to take the fall. You know, just because, like, when you were talking to these guys, like, when mo- when most of this stuff was going on, you weren't even coaching. You were working for ESPN. Like, you just got back to coaching. So this is before you got back in the league. You were, you know, living your best life at ESPN and, and then being nasty. So these emails aren't coming from a coach. These emails are coming from an ESPN employee. And then you get back in the NFL when you still wilding in the emails. The point I'm making here is 
as an e- as an ESPN employee, one, you have no dog in any of the fights that you were upset about. You, you're not in the league, buddy. You're gone. As an ESPN employee, you, you, you're not going to say any of the things you said on camera. As a coach, still, why are you talking like this? You, you're in a locker room with guys, the guys that you're talking about. On a daily basis. None of these guys think like you. For the most part. But you're in the locker room. On a daily. As an ESPN analyst and a coach. You are not a GM. A president. You don't run anything. But you have friends who do. You have friends who do. You know, everybody got friends that, um, you know, everybody had friends when they were younger who, uh, you know, could do stuff that they couldn't do. Like your friend may be able to play, uh, a couple streets over when it got dark out, but you had to be back on your block or you had a friend who could, you know, have company in his house at any time, but moms wasn't letting that fly over here. Right. You know, or or you had a friend who in school had a little more money, so at the book fair they got everything. You 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 didn't really have that. But you had those friends, you were friends with those people. And you know, sometimes those friends can get you in a little trouble. That's what happened to John Gruden. And then of course they're not going to get them, they're going to get you. That's what happened to John Gruden. You were so, oh, these are my boys, you know, in the boys club, as they call it, you know, talking to these guys. and You think you're one of them, but John, you're not one of them. You have to remember that you are not one of them. You do not have that power. You do not have that status. You are John Gruden, former ESPN analyst, former Super Bowl head, when uh, Super Bowl coach. Fam, the last time you won a Super Bowl, I was four. Matter of fact, I wasn't even, I was turning for, which is why I didn't understand why the Raiders felt comfortable giving you 10 years, $110 million. You hadn't won in so long. You were just a face. You're not that guy, pal. You're not. So now the NFLPA plans to request that the NFL release the full findings of the Washington football team investigation. Uh, They want it all out. They want it all out. And I I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Why not? Why not? We're here now. You know, we need to open Pandora's box so people can see some of what really goes on behind these closed doors. I mean, I feel like we already have an idea of it. And watching, you know, Pat McAfee yesterday and seeing, you know, the guests come on the show who discussed it. You know, a lot of people are trying to not water it down, but I feel like they're it's the same thing they do with the police shootings. They try to make it seem like this is a bad apple type of situation and there's so much good in the NFL and we can't let this. But then it, the truth of the matter is it's really not. You know, there may be some good, cool people in the league, but we're talking about the players. Those are the cool guys. Like, most of them are the cool guys. We're getting them to the the coaches and GMs, not so much. So this, this could be any team, honestly. And it wouldn't surprise me. You know, it seems like, but I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from it seems like everything bad in the NFL always leads back to the Washington football team. It has to be a curse for having a racist-ass team name and mascot for years. Has to be. Has to be. Like, fam, last week, the feds were just at their facilities. This this was before any of this happened. The feds did a sweep. I think it was their, what, their strength and conditioning coach? Took all the laptops, computers. Still don't know what he did. I have an idea of it, but yeah. Got him out of there. Scooped him up. 
Fam, the feds literally did a sweep. That's crazy. Now, the thing I was saving for last that came out this morning. The Bruce Allen emails included Adam Scheffner sending Allen an unpublished story during the 2011 lockout and asked if anything should be added, changed, or tweaked. Fan, you don't do that. You don't do that. You don't do that. I don't I don't I don't I don't know if that's normal, but when we're talking about something that has to do with the Washington football team, I'm not thinking that's normal. I'm thinking the story may have been bad and he's like, Oh, do you need me to change anything? All I'm saying was right now that looks a little funny, Bow. Looks a little suspicious i'm just saying i'm just saying um let's see let's see um where we at one more thing one more thing and i'll get you guys out of here i'll talk to you guys tomorrow all right so a couple things waiver wire wednesday man just a couple things fantasy football wise how's everybody's i hope everybody's fantasy team is doing well all right i hope everybody's doing well i want to talk about my team, I'm not here to brag about my team. It's, it's too early to brag. Well, I'm just, I've won four in a row. I'm four and one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to just talk about my team scoring last week, not the points we scored, the way, who scored the points. I, I think that NFL.com's fantasy football is very interesting because you can see, um, like, the point breakdowns. 68 of my points came, 68% of my points came from um, my drafted players and 32 percent came from players i picked up like i still have the base of my team but most of my success not most of my success but like brandon cooks i picked him up he's been doing great for me this season i just picked up dalton schultz um i picked up james connor um I drafted Debo, but like my defenses, I'm I've been streaming defenses. Like it's all about the waiver wire, man. Like you don't have to trade your whole team to to come up. You can you can find some gems out there. So here's a couple of guys that I'm looking at. I, oh, my waiver wire pick of today was Randall Cobb. I think Randall Cobb is getting back involved in the in the Packers offense in a big way. Um, if you're looking for a receiver, now I don't know. You know, a couple guys got a couple of uh, injury, you know, a couple injuries to look out for. But what's that kid's name? Tony from the Giants. I like him. I like him. Okay, I like him. I think he he's an ad. I think it was Kadavius Tony. I could be wrong. Please be that man's name. Yeah, Kadarius Tony. Um, but he's got a little injury he's dealing with right now. Um, Sterling Shepard could be coming back soon also. Um, if you're looking for a receiver, you got Cole Beasley playing on Monday night. If you need somebody out there, you know, if you're playing chess and just need, you know, maybe a last ditch effort on Monday night. But it looks like Cole Beasley has not been as involved in the offense with Emmanuel Sanders taking a lot of targets and Diggs is Diggs and Dawson Knox is here. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, AJ Green, I would look at him as well. Um, running backs. See, I don't know who's available in your league. These are the guys that are available in my league. So you know what? Scratch that. We're not going to do that. I'm sorry. I took it back. I took it back. I took it back. Don't listen to me. Google it. Google it. Google waiver wire ass. Now, Eric doesn't do that. I just go with what we have available in my league because I don't know who's available in your league. Okay, so I apologize for steering you all. So let's not even call this waiver wire Wednesday. Let's just talk fantasy football. Why not? I'll just I'll just name the segment later. Um, I don't know, man. It's week five in my league, so I'm gonna just talk about my league because I don't know what's going on in your league. So, yeah. So it's 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 week six, all right. And I I think the guys in the group message are gonna like this because they've been wanting me to do a little reporting on our league. So let's do that. So let's look at the standings right now. Okay, so I'm in first place at four and one. Um, Dev is in second place at three and two. He's just coming off the highest scoring game of the season. I think he dropped 187. 
I don't know how we allowed him to get Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, but that happened. Um, Carson is in third place at three and two. Gavin is in fourth. Excuse me. Dom is in fourth place at three and two. Now, Dom just lost Russell Wilson for uh, a big chunk of the season. So we're praying for him. Gavin, three and two in fifth. Nick, three and two in sixth place. Now, here's the people who wouldn't be in the playoffs if the season ended today. Another three and two. Daniel is three and two. The almost damn near the whole league is three and two. Except for the bottom three who are all one and four. Matt, Rob, and Morg, all one and four. Um, what's been interesting about my league this season is there hasn't been a lot of trades. Um, there's only been a handful of trades, in season trades. It was one out of season trade, but nothing crazy has happened. And usually in my league, like last year, there were holes already. Like guys were trading three for twos and three for one. It was it was already, you know, getting crazy around this time last year. But don't it looks like everybody's trying to hold on to their team, and I respect that. I respect that. Go with what you got. You know, why change it? You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I mean, I've been one and four before and I've climbed out of that. But the way I climbed out of that it was through trade. Like I had to trade. You know, so it is hard to climb out of one and four. It is, especially in October. It's like fam. But it can be done. It can definitely be done. It's not about how you start, it's how you finish. Because a one and four can easily hell, you could go ten and four. Like you could win nine straight. That's how that's how this game goes. It's a week to week game. That's how you gotta take it. You gotta go week to week. You know what I mean? Like I like I started three and one last year, lost four three straight. I'm three and four going into November. And I had to win six straight to get to the playoffs. So that's why this past week was so big for me. Because I'm like, bro, I started three and one before. I have to win. I gotta win. And NFL projected me to win four games this year. So I said, okay, my fourth game, I'm going to win it impressively. My best start ever through five games is 4-1 and one now. And I'm I'm not satisfied. You don't get trophies in October. Nobody's giving you a trophy for how good you are in the regular season. That's just not, that's not it. Um, what's, what is interesting to me is, uh, let's see what the points are. Like, fam, Matt scored 607 points and he's in eighth place. Like, it's not about how much you score. It's when you do the scoring. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know, man. I love fantasy football. I do. I do. Um, I think that's all I got. I got for you guys today. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. We'll play tomorrow. The Bucks and the Eagles, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that. A couple other things. And then Friday we'll be here. And then I'll see you guys again on Monday. So, thank you guys for listening. Shout out to Stadium Scene TV. Shout out to the uh, content creators group message. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And for the 166th time, I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been electrified.